0: Beautifully read and prayed, and uh, it's good to be together. Uh, Special shout out to you if you are here for the first time, Uh, stoked you're here, hope you have a really good night. What is this? Lectern for ants? Um, We're going to have some fun tonight, okay? Um, That's more like it. We're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, We've already prayed, so let's get into it. Here we go. Okay, here are the top three things that Christianity gets wrong. Okay, number one, Christianity is wrong about the highest good and the highest authority. I'm kind of putting them together. Number two, Christianity is wrong about God and spirituality. Number three, Christianity is wrong about sin and the world and salvation. Now every week we have people here um, with us who aren't Christians, and we're stoked about that, we're glad you guys came, we want you here. And tonight I'm talking to you, and I want to tell you tonight the top three reasons that you think Christianity is irrelevant, and wrong, and frustrating, maybe even offensive. Actually some of these things I think you might be thinking even if you are a Christian, and Most likely, a lot of your friends are thinking this way as well. Now, these are based on some research done by a guy called Mark Driscoll. You can check him out online. He's not a perfect guy, but he's got some good stuff to say. But I've taken a lot of his research, and I've condensed it. And I reckon he nails it. Because this may not look like the list that you would give to that question. But I reckon this actually explains the list that you would give. And I'm hoping that as you listen to this, tonight you go yeah that is actually it those are the top three reasons that i think christianity is irrelevant or wrong or frustrating or maybe even offensive and i'd actually like to chat to you after i'd actually like to hear did i nail it did i miss anything but let's dig in here's number one christianity is wrong about the highest good okay um there you go a little cartoon found on the internet i give you these as recommendations um textbook example of Christianity being wrong about the highest good is actually in this passage that was read for us. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 it starts like this and they sang a new song and this is a song being sung to Jesus it's praising him and it's saying it keeps going you are worthy Jesus and so for Christians at the top is Jesus And he is worthy. Now, here it says you are worthy to take the scroll, which is a bit obscure. uh, But that's kind of the craziness of this part of the Bible. Later on, you see that the scroll probably represents history. And so opening the scroll um, and, and revealing what's on it, opening the seals, is kind of like the events of history unfolding. And so what it's kind of saying here is you are worthy to be in control of history. You're worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Now, later on in verse number 12 uh, and 13, no, 12 is right, it talks about Jesus being worthy, worthy as a lamb, to receive power and wisdom and honor and glory and praise. And so you can see for Christians, the highest good is is Jesus. And so um, that actually, that comes up again in verse 9, right at the end of the verse. It says, um, with your blood, you purchased people for God. You purchase people for God. And so a Christian would see their life as being for God in, in quite a similar way as I would see my iPhone as being for me. It exists for me. And that is, that is really offensive. And frankly, that is wrong to a lot of people. And, and the reason for that is it's all because of the way that people think about the highest good. See, what's most important? What, what's the highest good? It's personal freedom. Isn't that the way that we think? The greatest thing that you could do for your friend is give them the freedom to do what they would want to do. When I'm able to live my life and do what I want to do and and be who I want to be, that's the ultimate best thing. That's the highest good in our society in their thinking, that people would be free to do what they would want to do. And that's why so many of my friends find Christianity just so offensive? Sex. How dare the Bible say that I can't sleep with the person that I want to sleep with? Or abortion. How dare the God of the Bible say that a woman doesn't have a right to do what she wants with her own body, even if that does mean killing the baby? Marriage. How dare the God of the Bible say those two people who love each other can't marry? How dare the God of the Bible try and interfere with my rights? Because the highest good, the most important thing is me, my freedom. Which actually also explains why we disagree about the highest authority. See, I hear my friends say things like, I don't want the Bible over me. I don't want God over me. I don't want the church telling me what to do. I want to live my life independently. I want to live my life autonomously see if the highest good is my freedom then the highest authority is me now i just want to ask you a question imagine if you took 20 people and put them into a room for a weekend and you said this guys here is the most important thing make sure that you do what you want to do each of you you're the highest authority that there is Don't let anyone tell you what to do and make sure that no one interferes with your freedom to do whatever you want. How's that going to go? Would you guys agree with me that that would be an absolute disaster if people actually followed those instructions? I, I would suggest that actually that attitude is the problem with the world. The problem with the world is that everyone wants to live their life independently. The problem is That people just want to do whatever they want to do. It's an attitude that in a rich corporation you call greed and it causes poverty. In a politician you would call that attitude corruption and it wrecks communities. In a relationship you'd call that selfishness and it would break a heart. In the Bible actually that exact attitude is called sin. That's the exact definition of sin, that people want to live their lives independently. They want to do whatever they want to do. I'm the highest good. I'm the highest authority. (laughs) That's exactly how the Bible defines sin. And it's crazy to me that the thing that our world says is the highest good, personal freedom, people doing whatever they want to do, is so obviously the, the fundamental problem with our world, that people just do whatever they want to do. I joined a rugby team this year. I'm talking about real football, not sorry if you like soccer, but rugby union um, <laughs> was was uh, was a good sport. It's um I'm, I work for a church, I can say this. It it's the sport that they play in heaven. That's true. That's true. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Um, the rest of what I'm saying though, <laughs> I know a lot of you guys probably play team sport. Um, so you, and even if you don't, you probably can relate to what I'm saying here. But Imagine the coach comes down and says to the team, all right, guys, here's the goal. Here's the ultimate good of this game. You're all individuals. I know that. And so basically, I want all of you just to do what you want to do. If you want to be a hero and try and score all the points, go for it. In fact, I'd encourage that. Don't pass it. It's all about you, your freedom. There's no captain, no coach. You guys are all the highest authority. Just be free. Do whatever feels right. All right, guys, hands in, let's go. How, how's that going to go? I think you guys know when a, when a team sport like rugby is best. I'm not just talking about when the team does best, although I'm talking about that, but also when it's most fun. You guys know that, don't you? When's it most fun and actually also most effective? It's, it's when you're all pulling together, when there's a common goal, and you actually kind of sacrifice your own interests for the sake of the team. And crazy, that actually feels really good. Haven't you guys noticed that? Haven't you guys noticed that the best moments in life are actually not when you are chasing your personal freedom, but when you're laying down your personal freedom for some bigger goal that's bigger than you are? See, is our society right? Is a person's freedom the highest good that there is? Well, what about love? Wouldn't you say that's a higher good? And isn't the definition of love the opposite of just me doing whatever I want? Isn't it me laying down my freedom for the sake of the other person? See, we actually need, as humans, something bigger than us to live for. We actually need a higher authority. And if it's okay, I'll tell you a bit about my story. Because I grew up around Christianity, but I found it really hard to believe. Uh, I would ask those kind of questions, how do you know it's not just made up? But every time I'd ask them, the Christians would have answers. And eventually, I couldn't escape that conclusion, that this is true, that Jesus is the highest authority, that he is the king, he is the savior, but I didn't want him to be my king. This was about year 10 for me, and for a whole year, I didn't want to give up my freedom. I didn't want to live my life for God, and, and so I, kind of, I just wanted to have fun. That was the goal. I'd become a Christian later when I was old and married and stuff, and there was no more fun to be had. And I did have a bit of fun. But I found that it didn't last. It was an empty kind of fun. And in reality, I was actually lost. Because living for my personal freedom, it didn't actually make me that happy. And finally, when I was in year 11, I decided that I would give it, give it in to Jesus. I would just hand over my life and say, this belongs to you. I don't, I don't want personal freedom. That's actually been the problem the whole time. I've been living for myself and I want to find a higher good to live for. I want to live for you. You can be the authority. And I'll tell you what was amazing, because that day, suddenly my life had meaning. I wasn't lost anymore. I knew why I was on the planet. I was on the planet for God, to love Him, to obey Him, to bring other people to know Him. It was kind of like that feeling of being caught up in a in a team, But it was way bigger than that because it was for the God of the universe and it was in things that would last forever. And from that moment, there's been hard times and all that, but I've experienced a, a joy and a happiness and a meaning and a purpose that I've never known before because I'm living for something. Guys, our society is wrong. Individual freedom is not the highest good. You are not the highest authority. Love is higher. Community is higher. But actually, the highest is this. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. With your blood, you purchased people for God. For God, He is the highest good. He's the authority. Not a person's uh, freedom to have sex whenever they want. Not a woman's right to have an abortion. Not two people's right to get married. It's not about people's freedom. Because that's not actually the highest good. God is. But even as I say that, I can tell we've hit another reason that you might think Christianity is wrong. Or that it's irrelevant. Or that it's frustrating. Or that it's even offensive. It's this. It's that Christianity gets God wrong. Because God's not the kind of person that would say those things. Yeah. In fact, you're thinking we can't even say what God would say. Because God is subjective. God is whoever you think he is. You can't just pin him down like that. And so because Christianity gets God wrong, Christianity misses the whole point of spirituality. Because spirituality, it's personal. It's whatever your own beliefs and experiences are. See, the whole point of spirituality is to improve your life as a person. If you want it, if you need it, Your faith is a private thing. And so that's why actually it's really offensive to tell someone else that they're wrong because who are you? Who are you to say that about someone else's spirituality? Have you guys ever felt this? Have you experienced this? It's one of those things that makes Christians seem so intolerant because they think there's just one God and they think they're right about this God. And that everybody else is wrong. And that they somehow have a right to go around telling people that. And that is offensive if God is subjective. And and spirituality is just about improving your own life. But what's the problem with thinking like that? The problem is it only works if God isn't real. Because if he is real, you can ask, well, what's he really like? There's not a single real thing in the entire there's not a single real thing that you can just it is whatever you want it to be. Nothing. I'll give you an example. You don't want the pilot of your plane to be saying, "Well, I reckon the runway's wherever I want it to be. I'm going to land here." That's going to go badly. <laughs> if the runway's real and you hope that it is, it doesn't matter where he wants it to be, it is where it is. You don't want the doctor that you have surgery from to approach it like this either. You're like, well, oh, the book says not to cut that. Hey, bro, the body's whatever I think it is. I'll cut whatever I want. No, <laughs> don't do that. Don't go, to, if you ever, don't go to a doctor like that. The body is real. And so it doesn't matter what you want it to be like. It is what it is. I wish that I could grow one of those mows like Todd and look like Ned Flanders. But I can't. <laughs> Pilot, the body just is what it is because it's real. Pilot, doctor, scientist. No scientist approaches the world thinking that it's just up to him, it's whatever he wants it to be. And that's just in this world. If there's a God and he made this world, it's pretty arrogant of us to think that we're the ones who decide what he is like. No, God is objective. He exists and he is the way he is. And what you see in this passage that we've had read for us, is that Jesus is a person who acts and does things. Now, to get what I'm saying here, you've got to realize that throughout Revelation, um, he's proved that Jesus is, as the Son of God, he's, he is fully God. And so when, when I talk about Jesus here, I'm talking about God. And it says here, you are worthy, talking to Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. What's that saying? It's saying that Jesus has done things. Things in history. He was slain on a cross. He's purchased people for God. And actually all of this, it's actually the total opposite of spirituality, okay? Spirituality is people seeking God. This verse actually describes God seeking people. At a great cost, at the cost of his life, Jesus has gone to seek people from every tribe, every people group on earth. Spirituality, it's about me. Christianity is about God. Spirituality is about your experiences and improving your life. Christianity is about a living relationship with God that's on his terms. Spirituality is for people who think they need it. Christianity says that everybody needs it, and it's actually right to tell people about it because God isn't just whatever you want him to be. He's real, and he's really like this. Which brings us to the third and final thing that Christianity gets wrong, and I think this is possibly the most offensive of all of them. Number three, Christianity is wrong about sin, the world, and salvation. Now tell me if you've heard or or, uh, felt even something like this before. Christians are so negative. They think I'm not a good person. They, They think people are going to hell. They keep saying we're all sinners. And it's rubbish, all of that stuff. And and you're thinking, Christianity gets sin wrong, right? What's sin? Sin's just hurting somebody else. Ultimately, the worst thing you can do to someone is violate their personal freedom, because that's the highest good. And so the worst thing that I could do to someone is ask them to change. That's the Bruno Mars song. Do you remember it? When I see your face. I'm not going to see it. There's not a thing that I would change, because you're amazing just the way you are. And when you smile, the whole world stops and stares for a while. Because girl, you're amazing. Just the way you are. You play it. No, don't play it. Just the way you are. The biggest sin you could do to someone is to suggest that they should change. And all of that actually means, because sin is just hurting other people, not that bad. It's kind of bad. But it's not that bad, which means that the world isn't that bad. Yeah, there's some bad bits, there's some good bits, but that's just the way it is. And in fact, if anything, it's kind of on the up, it's, it's improving. And so, salvation, we don't need saving. And I think this is the biggest reason why people your age on the Central Coast don't give a stuff about Jesus. Because we're saying he's a savior. And they're like, Savior from what? I'm not that bad. If you're here tonight for the first time, you probably believe in heaven, but probably not hell. And so when you die, you'll go to heaven if there's anything at all. Am I on the right track? Is that what people are feeling? Because it seems to me that actually this is quite an important point. If everyone just goes to heaven, or in fact even if there's just nothing, I can see why people wouldn't take this seriously. It actually might be nice to think about it that way. But if there's the slightest chance that the Bible is right when it says that there's a problem here, if there's the slightest chance that hell is a real possibility, I spoke to someone this week and I said to them, do you think that Hitler would go to heaven? Because they believed in heaven but not hell. And I said, I don't think that's fair that everyone goes to heaven no matter how bad they are. Jesus spoke about hell as a real place, the punishment for sins. And Jesus said that God is fair and wouldn't let evil go unpunished. And so I don't think everyone does go to heaven. But if there's the slightest chance that that's true, I'd want to know about it. And you look at what it says here in in verse number 9. It says about Jesus, Because you were slain. And so guys, Jesus, the Son of God, died. Now why did he die? It says, with your blood, you purchased people for God. So his death was a payment. It was a ransom payment. You know, in movies, like you need to pay a price to set people free. I got my first speeding ticket the other day. I went 50Ks past Terrigal High when it was a school zone. I felt pretty gypped. 177 bucks for that. I felt gypped because I was only going 10Ks an hour over that. I feel like my car could go a lot faster than that. In fact, according to the speedo, my car could go 200 k's an hour. I wonder what the fine would be for going 200 k's an hour. Let's say I did that. Let's say I did go 200 k's an hour past Terrigal High School when it was a school zone. Didn't hit anyone, thankfully. But I got pinged and the fine came in the mail and it was a $50,000 fine. I don't know what the fine is, but say it was a $50,000 fine. I can't pay that. And because I can't pay it, let's say they, I'm arrested and I'm chucked in jail instead. Now I can't really complain at that point, can I? It's it's what I deserve. And I want you to imagine that my mate Reese is here tonight. Where are you, Reese? Yeah, he's down the back, lazy bum. Um, I want you to imagine that my mate Reese is a good mate though, because this is what he does. He comes out and he says, "Mate, I sold my house. I've paid your debt. You can go free." That's what's going on here. It's it's a ransom that's being paid to set someone free because you. You've got to understand that there's a punishment hanging over our heads. It's a punishment that we deserve. because despite what people would like to think, I mean, you and I both know we're flawed. People say this, no one's perfect. And despite all of our advances in, in education and technology, despite thousands of years of opportunity to learn from our mistakes, the last two years, or t- last two centuries have been the bloodiest in all of history. Our news is still packed with stories of evil and our own lives bear witness to it. Have you guys ever tried to do nothing wrong for a whole day? We can't do it. We're flawed. We're not improving. We're not basically good. As negative as it sounds, it's, it's realistic. We're sinners. And there's no good hiding from it. It's best just to face it and admit it. I actually think it's really liberating to, to actually own up to it. This is who we are. But Jesus' death on the cross here, that's what it's talking about. It says two things. It says, number one, the world's not okay. And it says, number two, it says the lengths that God will go to to have us back because of his extravagant love. It says, number one, the world's not okay. It says our, our instincts about the world are right. You know that feeling, this isn't right, this isn't the way it's supposed to be? Jesus' death says, yeah, that's actually right. The world is messed up and your sin is so serious actually that the Son of God needed to come and die. You can tell how big a problem is by how much it takes to to solve it. If one fire truck goes past, you're like, maybe I should follow that. This could be cool. If 20 fire trucks go past and a whole police station and 10 ambulances, you're going the other direction. This is a really serious situation. You're like, that's really bad. You can tell how big a problem is by what it takes to solve it. And history tells us that Jesus was killed On a Roman bloody cross, the Son of God had to die to pay for your sin. That's how serious it is. And we think of sin as hurting other people, but that's because we think of the highest good as being other people and their personal freedom. But that's not the highest good. God is the highest good. God's the highest authority. And so sin is violating God's law, which means sin's not just kind of bad, it's really bad. And it's not just like a breach in a relationship where you forget to message your girlfriend for a whole day so she dumps you because it's year 10 and relationships are like totes serious. (laughs) This is more like going to a house and shooting everybody than setting the place on fire so you go to jail because we've sinned against the highest authority that there is. We've offended a holy God. We've broken his law. And Jesus' death on the cross says this. It says of the lengths that God will go to To have us back because of his extravagant love. Do you know why Jesus died on the cross? This tells you, and we're going to finish with this. It wasn't a tragic accident. It wasn't a mistake. It was on purpose. It says, because you were slain, Jesus, and with your blood, you purchased people for God. He was dying to pay the punishment for our sin. It should have been you and I hanging on that cross. He died the death that we should have died to pay the price that we should have paid as the ultimate price because of his immense love for you. I want you to know that tonight. That's how much Jesus loves you. And so what we've got here in verse number nine is an event of gigantic proportions, so big, in fact, that in heaven, which is what this is describing, um, one aspect of it, when they get together around the throne of God, it's still what they're singing about which shows that this is right at the heart of Christianity. It's it's Jesus' death on the cross. cross. (laughs) And this is at the heart of Christianity. You are worthy, Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you you purchased people for God. Tonight, I want you to know that Jesus died to bring you back to God, to give you a relationship that will start now and go on forever in paradise. And right now, he's saying, Come home to God. All is forgiven if you come. I'll I'll pay for your sins. In fact, I have. I'll wash you clean. I'll erase your past. I'll give you eternal life. The highest good is not your freedom. You are not the highest authority. God says, I'm not whatever you think I am. Spirituality, it's not about you. Sin is real and it's serious. The world is messed up. But salvation is here. His name is Jesus and he was slain and with his blood he purchased you for God. Will you come home? Give up living for me and start the life that's lived for God. I'm going to pray. Amazing God, thank you that you are real and you exist and you're nothing like we would like you to think uh, you, you don't just depend on whatever people's opinions are, but you, you are good and fair and loving. And thank you that you sent Jesus into the world and thank you that he was slain and that he purchased by his blood people for you. And I pray tonight that people would come home to you by trusting in your death for them. And I pray for the rest of us that we would live our lives with you as our highest good and you as our highest authority and telling people about this because even though it sounds intolerant, It's the truth. That's what people need to hear. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.